Ireland's Classic Hits Radio. It's Trina Mara and my guilty pleasure, Ortiz Room to Improve, is back on the telly. And this is the show that makes you look around your own living room and your own home and go, oh, the state. What? So Claire Irwin is with us today and she is a quantity surveyor from the show. Hi, Claire. Hi, Trina. So how's life being recognised now on the telly? <laughs> You've been doing it a while now. Yeah, I've been doing it now. This is our fourth season. Yeah. Uh, the fourth season that I've been involved in um, was Man Back in 2018. And time's just flown. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's good. It's enjoyable. It's busy. <laughs> yeah. um, and every project's different from the one before. So um, there's always something new to contend with. But no, going great. I'd say you can't go into the supermarket without people nudging each other and going, there's your one. There's your one off the telly. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what, Trina? I live in a small enough town called Bogcrana in yeah, Donegal. Everyone knows um, everyone's business anyway. <laughs> everyone knows and everyone. So you don't really get that, to be honest. Now, this week, since the show aired on Sunday night, um, you get people coming up saying, yeah, I love the show. And the contractor was actually from Donegal this time around too. Yeah. Uh, this week passed. So there's a lot of that. But I would find it more times when I'm away from Bonkrana, so I was in Dublin or, you know, out of town, people might come up and say to you, do I know you from somewhere or are you scared from the show? I, yeah. So you get a, a little bit there. Yeah. <laughs> so you must be the part, when, when you are at home in Bonkrana, like there must be people coming up to you all, because I think everybody bills. It seems to be, any of my friends who are from outside of Dublin, Everyone has a bit of land and they want to build on it. So people must come to you with questions all the time, do they? Yes, all the time and on nights out and out for dinner. And yeah, yeah, it comes part of part of the course. Do you know what? Nine times out of ten, you end up doing work for that person. <laughs> you have yes. some advice to and, like, and a restaurant or whatever. Yeah, you're like, this you is my up. card, book in an appointment and I'm going to charge <laughs> you. <laughs> uh, you know what? Up until the last number of years, and I suppose probably the show plays a part in this, a lot of people didn't really know what a quantity surveyor was. So, well, that was going to um, be my next question. Yeah, I need to yeah, find out exactly so, what it is that you do. This is it. And a lot of people wouldn't have known if they had have asked me what was my job and if I said a quantity surveyor, they would have been, it was a bit like Ross out of friends. <laughs> you would have just nodded and said, all right, okay. Um, but now the show has probably, you know, demonstrated what a QS does and the importance of a QS. In the past, like the last over prior to say five or six years ago, a lot of the bulls in rural settings wouldn't have had a quantity surveyor working on board mm. as part of the design team, whereas it's completely changed now. People are realising, okay, well, this person could potentially save me money. Um, so it's, it's changed now. But so a quantity surveyor, so your job is to go out and to price everything and to get the best deal. Am I right? Yeah. So we would try to, it's, it's best if a quantity surveyor is on board really, really early in the whole design stage. So if the quantity surveyor is on board when you're meeting with your architect and planning your house and going through various designs, because the quantity surveyor can then, you know, point out items within the design that could potentially cost a lot of money or, you know, they may, like I often I would suggest design alternatives to certain designs um, or if say, there was a lot of glass and was going to require a lot of steel or corner windows or there was an issue with ground, you know, you can play a role to try and save money even before we would go to planning. Then we would normally go to planning um a design would be agreed on then and we would do a cost plan to calculate how much the house was going to cost to build. Hopefully then we would get planning permission and when we have planning approval then we would put the job out to tender. So I would create a bill of quantities 
measure all of the works out, quantify each item, material, the square meterage, how many bricks, you know, quantify everything out, put it out to tender to try and always get at least three prices from local reputable contractors. Oh, good and God. then this just negotiate. sounds like an awful stressful job, Claire. <laughs> I enjoy it. Um, you would negotiate then, right, with, with the contractor, get the price agreed and sign a contract and then go to site. And when you're on site, you're managing the cost all the way through, yeah. be it additions that we call variations or be it credits. So you're always managing the books. And when a contractor sends in a bill at the end of each month, we call that evaluation. I would review that and ensure that it is the correct amount of money being paid to them that's due and manage, you know, at the end of the job then there's a final account with all the variations and credits and everything's due. So you're the accountant on the project um, all the way through. Yeah. What I need now, Claire, is I need you to to be with me here in Dublin to be my best pal and to to always be by my side when I'm going shopping. So, you know, if we go into (laughs) pennies together, you're there going, no, 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 you can't spend that. You can't do that. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Dangerous place. Everybody everybody needs a little bit of that, myself included. (laughs) Gaz. So I'm sure you've come across projects where you've gone in and the minute you've walked in and I'm talking about not for necessarily like a whole new build but maybe a renovation and you've thought to yourself the amount of money that will need to be put into this property now is it even worth it? Oh frequently Trina that happens Um, frequently we would have conversations saying you know I wonder would this be more financially viable to knock the house down and rebuild it Mm. but that's not always possible for various reasons You, you may not have planning approval it may not be Physically possible, you know, say if it was a semi-detached or a terraced house. Planning restrictions is mainly the main reason for not doing that. But um, sometimes you definitely do question it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A lot of, I'm doing a lot of work with the Creeconia, which is a derelict house projects, you know, the, the derelict house grants that are available at the minute from the housing department. Well, I, so I heard doing, you talking about it on Room to Improve last weekend. Yes, I know. I know. <laughs> so we have a number of properties that are getting these derelict house grants at the minute. And a lot of those projects, you would question whether or not it's financially viable. I did a couple of houses, they're, they're really just stone wall steads, to be honest. Mm. You cannot completely demolish the house and rebuild it as part of the terms and conditions of that grant. So you have to try your best to retain as many walls as possible. Okay. Sometimes it's really difficult and you Just end up spending a little bricks, bit more money. Two little yeah, bricks exactly. at the end and say, oh, the, the original brickwork is in there. I know, I know, exactly. So yeah, um, yeah it's, it's trying to find that balance. I'm forever on Daft and all these property websites and I and I see these lovely, well, I see these houses and they're, they're being sold for little or nothing and they're in absolute bits and you're thinking to yourself, oh, I could buy that and do that up. I think we we underestimate how much it actually costs to renovate a house. We're not talking about a lick of paint here. No, exactly. And that's why it's a good idea to get. So if you are, you know, looking out on DAF for a new house, it's a good idea to get a quantitative surveyor to have a look at it and maybe give you a rough price on how much you would require to renovate it. Yeah. At the minute, it's a good time to be buying a house that needs renovations, particularly if it's vacant for two or more years, because then you can apply for the the vacant homes grant. So you get that for a house that's empty for two years or more. If it needs restructural work, you can then get a top-up for the derelict house grant, a top-up of €20,000. So €50,000 for a vacant house and another twenty of a top-up for a derelict house. 
And then you can also get the FEI Energy Upgrade Grant for retrofit work. Um, so it's, it's a good idea to talk to a professional just so that you're well informed and you know that what grants are potentially available to yourself. Because there's a lot of grants as well for older people, isn't there? Like my in-laws, for example, their windows are from, I don't know, the 1980s and they're letting in the wind and uh, the whole house practically needs to be done. There's a lot of grants that they could actually get if they'd allow us to do the work. Yeah, there is. Yeah, there is. And it's, it's really um, worthwhile, you know, exploring what options are available. About 80% of homeowners that would have come to me, I would be able to find some kind of a grant that's applicable. So it, it's good. And a lot of people don't know how or there's a, an old kind of perception that grants aren't worth applying for. Mm. You know, that they're too complicated and that contractors charge more money if, if you're getting a grant for the house. Yeah, and that's yeah. not the case anymore. You okay. know, um, the energy upgrade grants with the FEI, it's, it's almost nearly a standard now. It's kind of like a, a cue mark for a plumber to be FEI approved simply because everyone is hearing about the grants and availing of the grants. Mm. So there's loads of grants out there. There was a septic tank grant available and the government increased that to 12,000 there before Christmas. So there's loads of different wee things available that's worth exploring. Do you know, Claire, I think what puts people off applying for grants is this idea of the filling out the forms and having to tell them what you have for your breakfast and what you did with your communion money. Is that still the case? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what you spend your communion money this. on? Okay. Grants are tricky. They're not straightforward. But it's worthwhile, you know, most of them are not means tested. They're the same grant values available to everyone, be it whether you're a high earner or a low earner, which is good. But they're not straightforward to apply for the grants. And that, I would imagine, frightens a lot of people off. And yeah. a lot of people would come to me and say, oh, no, I wouldn't be bothered with the grant. I didn't bother applying. And then we end up getting, you know, I end up going and applying for it and, and obtaining those grants for them. So... Yeah, they're not for the same characters applying for grants, definitely not. So this energy home upgrade one, like what kind of upgrades will they do in your house? You can start like small measures to large measures. So a small measure might be if um, you were to insulate your attic or pump your cavities with insulation or change your heat and controls. Those would be kind of classed as small energy upgrade measures. If you were prepared to spend a greater amount of money and have a, a lot more disruption to your house, you could do what I would consider as a deep retrofit and that would be perhaps digging up the floors, insulating your floors, insulating your walls, changing your windows, changing your doors, changing your, your heating system. You know, so you're doing a complete sweep on the house on the entire fabric. Mm. And then once your fabric is upgraded, you can look at upgrading your heating system and your renewables. So you can cut your clock to suit your budget, really. If you're not prepared to move out of your home and if you just want to do small measures, I would say look at your attic, check is there adequate insulation there? Can you insulate your walls? You some People do the external wall insulation now. That's quite popular. I've seen that a lot, uh, yeah. And there's a healthy grant for the external wall insulation also from the SEI. But the cost to carry out that works much more expensive. So that's why the grant much yeah. higher. There's various different things you can do. But I, what I would always say to homeowners is insulate the fabric. So insulate your walls and your attic, first of all, and your floor, if that's possible. Then look at things like your renewable heating system. Can you change to an air to water heat pump? Could you put on PV panels on your roof? So yeah, just do it in steps. 
do mm. the, the fabric first and then look at your heating system. We only got a new boiler there a year ago and I and I think to myself now, God, we should I should have actually done, you know the way when you're desperate and you're like, oh, the boiler's gone, I need to get this sorted and you don't put in the research or probably should have put in the research then, waited a week or two instead of just jumping at the first one I came across. You see, you see that's it. Um, it's a good idea to get a building energy rating assessor out. So a BER assessor mm. to come out to your house and do a pre-works BER before you carry out any energy upgrade works. So they will come out and they will give you a rating from A to G based on how energy efficient your home is. So A is the best, G is the worst. They will rate your house as it stands right now. And they will also give you a Pacific advisory report unique to your house. And they will tell you, right, okay, the first measure you need to do is perhaps insulate your attic if it's required. So they'll give you like a step-by-step guide on what you could do from small measures to big measures. And they will also tell you, right, okay, currently, say, for example, you're a D energy rating. They will let you know, right, if you insulate your attic, you'll be increased to whatever rating. If you insulate your walls, you know, and it's, it's all step in, in steps. Um, so it's a good idea to get a BER assessor out yeah. first of all. And then, as I say, do your walls, your attic first of all, and then look at your heating system. Because if you were, say, for example, if you were in a house that had um, poorly insulated walls and, 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 a, and a poorly insulated attic, and if you were to introduce an air-to-water heating system there, then your running costs, your electricity costs in the house would actually be extremely high because all of the heat would be escaping drastically quickly through the walls and the roof. So you have to insulate the walls and the roof, first of all, to ensure that the fabric is nice and sealed and airtight and well insulated to retain the heat. And once you have done that, then you can look at changing your heating system or putting renewables on your roof. I know you have an article on your own website as well and that is the grants that people can get but also there's the mention there of people are in receipt of social welfare there are some grants as well so worth having a look. Now I have a few questions in here Claire uh, from yeah. listeners <laughs> putting you on the spot now but sure this is what you do every day um, yeah. and this one is it comes in from Darren in Galway and he is asking what is the current average cost per metre squared to self-build? Now that's that's a that's a tricky one is it? So depending on where you're based in the country, the SCSI, Society of Chartered Surveyors of Ireland, they publish a, re- a rebuild calculator every September on their website. So that's a really good website to go check out. What's the website um, again? Give it to me there again. Sorry. The SCSI.ie, so Society okay. of Chartered Surveyors of Ireland. Okay. okay. They have a really, really good website and basically every September all of the chartered quantity surveyors in the country participate in an exercise for the society and we um, give prices to carry out various different works and how much it would cost to rebuild your house. Say, for example, if something catastrophic should happen to your house, it goes on fire or you have to rebuild your house. So it's used for insurance purposes, really. Um, And homeowners should always check that if they're renewing their insurance policies to ensure that their home's adequately insured. So you can click onto that website and they will give you a rebuild calculator in your area. So they work on the Northwest, Limerick, Galway, Dublin, and it'll give you an average cost to rebuild in your area. Okay, that's great. Okay. Um, another question in here, uh, Grania in Kildare saying, um, where does it say here? Oh yeah, uh, since COVID, materials and labour prices seem to have gone through the roof and there are many supply issues. It's very, very hard to budget. 
So how can I budget? Yeah, I'd say anybody who had a quote prior to the pandemic, it must have changed completely now. Oh, absolutely. You can forget about the price that you got prior to COVID. It, okay. it would not be valid right now. Um, during COVID and since the, the commencement of the war in Ukraine, prices have just skyrocketed. Materials, the cost of fuel, the availability of materials just had a, such an impact on the cost. The availability of materials is not quite an issue right now. That's kind of bottomed out. And the way the prices were increasing dramatically has bottomed off now also. I'm not seeing items like timber and wood and insulation jumping each week like it was during the pandemic. Mm. The supply and availability of manpower to carry out the work is a huge problem at the minute. There is yeah. just not enough, you know, tradespeople within the construction environment and they're available, everybody's so busy. Um, so that's hard and that's driving up the price. But what I would advise that homeowner would be to get a couple of prices for the work. Ask a few contractors or subcontractors to price the work. Get a few prices for the materials. If it's a, if it's a small job and you're supplying the materials, ring a few hardware stores. You would be very surprised at the different rates that you'll receive mm. and get all your prices pulled together before you start any work. And when you're ready to go ahead and start your work, go and order all your materials then. Have them all ordered. Pay for them if you can. Have them, you know, on site. So then you're reducing your risk from a price point of view of materials fluctuating in price. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a good idea, like if, if you are using a contractor, sign a contract, agree a price, put something in writing so that, you know, everybody, it's crystal clear that the price is what it is yeah. before you start work. Okay, the price isn't going to go down though, is it? In some instances, some materials are going down, like steel and wood have gone down lately, but not, not generally speaking, no. Okay, okay. Um, another, I don't know if this is a question, I think it's more of a, an observation or a comment. Somebody uh, texted in saying they did a first time build last year. Uh, the house was designed as a multiple interconnecting building, so three separate roofs, and it really added to our cost on the roof. So for people to bear that in mind, there's little things, little tips that you get from other people along the way, isn't there? I absolutely. And that's where a quantity surveyor would come in handy yeah. at, really at the design stage. So if an architect presented a design that had three roofs, I would be flagging that to the homeowner to make them fully aware that, right, okay, this is going to be more expensive than just a standard one system roof. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely um, when you have various different roofs, that will pump up the cost. I am going mad, Claire, to get those beautiful big windows that everyone seems to have at the moment. Do you know, and looking out onto the patio, those beautiful, I see them yeah, all the time. Everyone seems to have them. Yeah. Oh, I want them so badly. Um, yeah. But a friend of mine has said, oh my God, windows, the price of windows, you wouldn't believe. So <laughs> you really need to think things through like that. Like when you are building a house or renovating, you know, the homeowner might think a window, oh, that's the last minute thing. But really, that's that's a huge cost, isn't it? Yeah, windows is a, is a big ticket item in a build. But again, price around, get a few prices. There's so many different types of windows. You know, there's PVC windows, there's Aluclad windows, there's aluminium windows, you know, the list goes on. So get a few prices for the various different types or if you have one type of window specifically in your mind, get various prices for those and you would be really surprised at the differences in prices. You know, you might save a few thousand or more by shopping around. 
And Claire, final question for you. The guy there, the, the homeowner on Room to Improve there at the weekend was saying how they kind of got rid of the quantity surveyor at one point because the cost of that. And then, yeah. <laughs> you know, so some people will say, oh, what's the point in having a quantity surveyor? She's going to cost us money in the long run. <laughs> I'm sure they actually save, do you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so on Room to Improve Kilkenny that aired there on Sunday night, I did the initial cost plan for the homeowners and then they were going to take it from there themselves. And while things were happening on site and when they got planning approval, they realised themselves that it would be better to have a quantitative surveyor to do the tender process. So I created a bill of quantities, tendered the project out, appointed a main contractor for them, and then I left them at that. And they managed, they felt that they could manage the costs then from from the point where I appointed the main contractor until the end of the job. Mm. What I would always say, I, I don't I, I don't mean for this to sound like I'm blowing my own trumpet, yeah. but any quantity surveyor will save you their fee and more yeah. by keeping them on board. I would always advise that whatever the fee is, they should be able to save you at least their fee, if not multiples of their fee during the course of the works by having them on board because they will be pricing everything out. They'll be managing variations. If a variation comes up, I always try to find something to save within the original contract to compensate towards the variation. Mm -hmm. So no, I would always say, I know it sounds like, a bit of money to fork out but it pays off in the long run. And I mean you're doing this day in day out you have the experience you know what to look out for you know what the contingency plans should be um, do you have any tips actually Claire for, for when people are hiring their, their builder what they should look out for because you kind of hear this uh, oh my cousin's a builder he's great <laughs> you know this kind of thing you're like well I know yeah um, so the first thing I suppose is to ask them for some references ask them for names or numbers of people that they've worked with within the last year, ring those people up, maybe go and have a look at their job and see if they were happy with the standard of work, if they were happy with the price and if they got on well with the contractor. That's a good thing to do. Second thing would be, I suppose, check their insurance, make sure that they're fully insured, get a written quotation from them, have it as itemized as possible itemizing out and listing out and giving prices for X, Y, and Z within the scope of works. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Um, meeting them, I guess. Get a few prices just to make sure in your head that you're definitely getting value for money and compare like for like. Sometimes it's hard to compare like for like, but speak to your architect or if you don't have a quantitative fair, speak to your architect or speak to some professional, you know, to see if they if they think it's a good price and if they can if, if they can vouch for the contractor, that's yeah. always a huge plus. Would you always need an architect, or would some builders be happy to do a job without having an architect? It's a good idea to have an architect. Sometimes, if people aren't extending or are building an extension, they don't bother having an architect. If you can't stretch to that, it might be an idea to just book maybe one consultation with an architect to run over things. Mm tell them your specification or get a specification off them for things like insulation windows. I would always say it's a good idea. Sometimes the budget doesn't allow that and people feel that they can manage on their own. That's fine too if it's a small project. But if you're spending a lot of money, it's always money well spent to have an architect. Okay, yeah. And the design will be fabulous in the end. Okay, well, we look forward to seeing you every Sunday night on telly. Uh, Ortiz, Room to Improve, back with Dermot Bannon. 
Do you know, I've been trying to get Dermot Bannon on the show for since this series began, not even the series, since Room to Improve began, right? Yeah. And I always, we always just seem to miss each other. And would you believe he literally lives on the same stretch of road as I live on? <laughs> I'll have to tell him. <laughs> and I just, I'm kind of getting the hint at this point. He just doesn't want to come on. <laughs> but uh, great stuff, great stuff. Thanks so much for coming on, Claire. And I say you're a great one now in your own household for the L budgeting. Don't go to, don't go oh. spe- overspending now in the budget. <laughs> I, I love an old spreadsheet. <laughs> oh, do you? Oh, you're one of those. I love spreadsheets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Super. Look at Claire. It's been lovely. Do you want to give your own website a plug there? If anybody is looking for a quantity surveyor, she's probably booked out till the end of time. But uh, yeah, <laughs> just in case. My own website is erwinconsultant.ie. Yeah, brilliant. And so we'll book you in for 20 years time when you when you have some availability. <laughs> brilliant. All right. Okay, okay. Thanks, Bye. Claire. Bye-bye. Bye. It's Ireland's Class Kids Radio.